Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. And I believe he's not done yet. I believe Amen. that Jesus. preaching of God's word is the most important part of the service besides the altar call. Amen. And how many want to hear the word of God today? Amen. Thank, Thank you, Jesus. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew chapter 14. And then we're going to go to 1 John 2. James 4. So Matthew 14, 1 John 2, and James 4. <clears throat> Matthew 14, verses 22 through 33. And uh, once again, I want to say thank you to Pastor Bradley for inviting me to be here. I'm so sorry that he is sick. I know that the church dearly needs their pastor. Amen. And so just trying to do my best to fill his shoes today. Amen. And we're just, we're just going to let God have his way today. Amen. 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 But I love Sister Bradley also and the girls. They're so hospitable. They always make me feel at home and welcome and loved. I'm sure they make you feel the same way too. <laughs> Amen. And so Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 to 33. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, there uh, he was there alone but the ship was now in the midst of the sea tossed with waves and the wind was contrary and in the fourth watch of the night Jesus went unto them walking on the sea and when the disciples saw him walking on the sea they were troubled saying it is a spirit and they cried out for fear but straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. Beginning to sink, he cried and saying, Lord, save me and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him O thou of little faith wherefore didst thou doubt and when they came were come into the ship the wind ceased and they that were in the ship came and worshipped him saying of a truth thou art the son of God Amen thou art the son of God First John chapter 2 verses 14 through 17. I have written unto you fathers because you have known him that is from the beginning. I have written unto you young men because you are strong 
and the word of God abideth in you and you have overcome the wicked one. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. And finally, James chapter 4, verses 6 through 10. But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Amen. Draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh unto you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Be afflicted and mourn and weep, lest your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. Hallelujah. I want to preach to you on the subject just for a little bit. Let go of the boat. Let go of the boat. Let's go before the Lord in prayer right now. Lord, we love you, Jesus. We thank you so much, God, for what you're doing in the house today. Thank you, Lord, for already speaking to our hearts through Sunday school lesson, God. We pray, Lord, that there is more that you want to speak to us about. There's more, God, that you want to do in our lives. God, in Jesus' name, we pray that you anoint us today, all of us today, God, to receive your word, God. We thank you so much. In Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor and say, let go of the boat. Let go of the boat. Amen. Amen. Let go of the boat. <clears throat> so you guys already know me by now, and I usually start my messages with a story. So um, here it is. It was in, either in 1990 or 1991. Uh, when I was dating my wife, Kim. Um, so we were uh, planning a double date with Eric Ogden and Mary Hardy. And uh, they were a couple, a dating couple that was going to our church. They were around the same age group. And uh, Kim grew up with Mary and Eric was some stranger and uh, <laughs> from another church. But we were willing to... to you know, have open arms and accept them. And so their church, the Azusa UPC Church at that time, uh, had a young, uh, had a marriage outing to Catalina Island. And even though we weren't married, we were just dating at the time. Um, I remember being so excited, like, oh, yes, a double date, Catalina Island. This is going to be awesome. I wasn't going to propose or anything like that, but I was... <clears throat> I just thought it would be just a great opportunity to get to know Kim more and just to have fun on Catalina Island. And uh, so it was just, I was just so excited to spend the whole day with Kim, making memories and uh, adventure and fun awaited us. That was all through my mind. <clears throat> so we got to the Catalina Cruiser early that morning. It was a beautiful, sunny day. But it was windy, so it sort of reminds me of this story. So it was just choppy, windy, but it was beautiful. And I bought Kim's ticket because, guys, you're supposed to buy your girlfriend's ticket. It was $35 to get 
to go to Catalina. And uh, so, yeah, we were on our way, got on the boat, and that is when the nightmare began. It was, it was a nightmare. Seriously, it was the roughest, rockiest, most sickening boat ride of my entire life. It was the, it was the worst thing you could ever imagine. And so we were on the, the boat, and it's just you know, we're like, mm. you know, all these people, I don't know if you've been to Catalina, but there's like hundreds of people on this boat. And so I started getting queasy. You know, I'm trying to put my best smiling face on for Kim, and, but my palms started sweating and my face was pale and it was turning green. And I tried to remain cool, but and so I excused myself, I need to use the restroom or whatever, but I went to probably go throw up, or at least, like, I don't know what I was doing. So I went to the restroom, and that was a worse idea, because there was people in there just, like, <laughs> just in every stall, in every sink. And I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> so I'm just, like, getting worse and worse, and I get back to the table, I'm like, I need to go outside and get some fresh air. So I went to the back of the boat, and people were hurling off the back of the boat. <laughs> Everywhere I turned, people were, I, it was like just, I had to close my eyes and pray, seriously. Seriously, it was the worst. And so 90 minutes later, you know, God kept me, I didn't throw up, and, uh, 90 minutes later, we get to the island, and it docks, and so we're getting off the boat, and as soon as we hit the dock, I, like, got on my knees and my hands, and I was just like, <laughs> I, I need to rest. I need to, like, just, I don't want to throw up right now, so, so I was just, it was just horrible, and then so we went and got some Dramamine, and that helped a lot, but I was just drowsy all day. <laughs> I was just like sleepy. <laughs> Every time we'd sit down, <laughs> I'd be like closing my eyes. <laughs> Kim thought I would must have been an awesome date. Was just <laughs> Needless to say, I didn't make a great impression on Kim. And uh, I, I got better and better. And then by the time we went home, I was uh, feeling a lot better. But that was the end of the day. <laughs> and, um, but from that point on, I, I've had a problem with seasickness, even on like a large cruise where you think, okay, you don't feel the waves as much, I still would get a little you know, nauseous or whatever. And so just not a good thing to, to experience that. And it was sort of embarrassing to be on like this great date and sort of have it ruined by the ocean. But that's exactly, maybe not exactly, but somewhat similar to what happened to the disciples on that day when they were on the Sea of Galilee. And um, it was most likely worse, right? Because they didn't have this huge boat, that the Catalina Cruiser that goes to Catalina. They probably had a small boat, which makes it that much worse. And I'm sure they were seasick and, and horrible. But when we were reading that, um, when we were reading the scripture, when we opened the message, um, it says that Jesus constrained his disciples to get into the ship. 
So I'm not sure exactly what that means, but it sounds like he sort of forced them to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know if they were looking at the skies and saying, I don't know about this boat ride. And, but Jesus must have insisted to get on this boat. You will get on it. Yes, Master. And so they got on this boat, and uh, it just must have been sort of crazy um, to have this experience. But for several of the disciples aboard the ship, they were fishermen, right? They knew the Sea of Galilee. Peter was one of them. There was, a, I think, a few others that were fishermen by trade. And so they were seasoned veterans of the Sea, sea of Galilee. It's funny, when we went to Israel in 1997, my mom was there, actually, um, we were going to go on this night cruise on the Sea of Galilee, and all of us were there. Where there was like 30 of us getting ready to go on this boat, and so we were going towards the edge of the dock, and it was like a stormy sea that night. And so this boat was going like this, right, on the sea, and we're on the dock, and so it's like this. It would disappear. Oh, there's the boat. It disappeared. Oh, there's the boat. And we're like, man, I don't think I want to go on this boat ride. <laughs> I really don't, man. And they weren't going to do it. They're like, come on, you know. So finally, like, all of us were like, no, it's okay. We'll, we'll go tomorrow. And so I guess the Sea of Galilee just gets like that, where it's just a storm comes out of nowhere. And uh, so Jesus sent the disciples into the storm while he went on the mountain to pray for a while. And so uh, sometime during that night or early morning, Jesus decides to go back to the disciples. So the disciples were in the midst of the sea being tossed, to and fro, and the boat and the disciples were in the midst of a terrible storm, and the boat was tossed, and the way, winds and waves were contrary, the waves were beating the boat, and all of a sudden they saw Jesus walking on the water towards them. Imagine that. Imagine that sight. You're like freaking out because of the waves. You're freaking out because you're thinking you're going to die. You know, this is the craziest storm ever. And then all of a sudden you see Jesus. Wouldn't that be awesome? Just like a vision of a man just coming towards you. Probably like moonlit or whatever. Maybe it's early, early morning. You're like, oh, look at that. Who is that? And so I'm sure they were just like going crazy. Like they, it, the Bible says they even were afraid. They thought it was a spirit because they never saw anyone walk on the water, obviously. And so Jesus calm their spirits by saying, be of good cheer. It is I. Be not afraid. Amen. Doesn't Jesus do that in your life sometimes? Amen. When it seems like when it seems like all hell is breaking loose and there's nowhere to turn, nowhere to go, there's Jesus coming, walking on the water, walking on the storm of your life. Hallelujah. Amen. And just say, thank God Jesus is here. Thank God things are going to be all right now because Jesus is here. I can be of good cheer. I don't have to be afraid. Amen. But Peter is just a different cat. He's just a different dude. Instead of just like, oh, Jesus is coming. Yes, it's going to be all right. Everything's going to be safe. And waiting for Jesus just to make his way and step in the boat. Peter's like, stop. Can I come out to where you're at, right? How many of us would do that? Probably none, none of us, right? Because <laughs> Peter's like a little crazy. And uh, 
So Jesus called Peter's bluff, right? Because Peter's like, bid me to come out unto you. I want to come out there. And Jesus said, come. So Jesus stopped and waited while Peter got out of the boat. We know the rest of the story. Peter walked on the water, right? And he took his eyes off of Jesus. He saw that the winds were boisterous still. And all of a sudden he got afraid. And he started to sink into the water. And he said, Lord, save me. Save me, Jesus. And what did Jesus do? Immediately he reached out and lifted Peter up. Amen. The Bible says immediately the Lord reached down, pulled Peter out of the water. And then he reprimands him by saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And then he walks Peter back to the boat. The winds and the storm dies down, and they all worship Jesus as the Son of God. Hallelujah. And it's funny because when we see that story, and uh, we think about that. We think about how the story goes. We're thinking about poor Peter, man. Why would he even do that? Why would he risk it and get out of the boat and be foolish enough to do what he did? But I'm here to turn that around and say, you know what? Peter had the faith to do it. Even though he got reprimanded by Jesus later, it's okay. Amen. It's okay because Peter wanted to do something different. Peter didn't want to just wait for Jesus to get to the boat. He said, I want to go where Jesus is. Amen. And if you look at the big picture of Peter's life, you'll soon realize that it was this moment. Amen. Along with a bunch of other moments added up together that shaped his life and helped him to become one of the greatest apostles to ever live. Right. I mean, who preached on the day of Pentecost? It was Peter, right? He got up. He had the boldness to stand up on the day of Pentecost and say, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And on the first day of the church, on the birthday of the church, the altar call was great because 3,000 souls were added to the church on that day. Imagine that altar call, right? That's Peter. Amen. Even though he was a little weird. That's Peter. <laughs> right? Those things helped shape his character, helped shape his life. Hallelujah. Amen. He was also the one that opened the door to the Gentiles, right? He was sleeping, and then all of a sudden he... He had a dream, a vision, and all these animals were on this big picnic blanket. I don't know if they called it that, but it's something. <laughs> and and uh, uh, Jesus said, rise and eat. And there was unclean animals, like probably pigs and stuff, and rise and eat. And he's like, no way, Lord, I would never, never eat what you call unclean. And he said, I have made it clean. Rise and eat. And that vision was just a foreshadowing of the Gentiles coming into the church because someone knocked on the door and said, hey, we need you to come visit Cornelius, who is an Italian man. So he's not a Jew. He's an Italian man who fears God, prays to the Almighty God, but he's not saved. Can you come to his house? And Peter preached to 
Cornelius and all his house, and they were saved. They received the Holy Ghost while he was speaking. While he was preaching, they received the Holy Ghost. And then they turned to each other and said, can we forbid water? Because they have received the Holy Ghost just like we did. And so they baptized Cornelius and his whole house in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. That's, that's Peter we're talking about. Just an awesome, powerful man of God. But we see that these things didn't just happen. Everything, his, his journey with Jesus made him the man that he would be. And let's take a look at the story. Peter, like the rest of the disciples, were afraid, right? When they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. And yet, he was the only one. Right? The Bible doesn't say anyone else even said a word. Peter was the only one that is willing to step out by faith and go to Jesus. Go to where Jesus was. To leave the comfort and the safety of their boat and go to Jesus. He was the only one willing. This is significant for several reasons. Peter was a fisherman, so he knew the sea. He knew the dangers of the sea. And he knew about boats, right? And tackle and boats and catching fish. And the best chance of survival in the sea was to stay on the boat. Stay with a flotation device. Stay with something you can hold on to if it wrecked or whatever. If you could just stay on the boat. And yet he had the nerve in the middle of the storm. He had the boldness, the audacity to leave the boat. Right? Amen. The boat was a comfort zone. How many times had Peter fished in these waters? and returned back to port safe and sound. How many times had he weathered the storm with sheer determination, the will to survive, his knowledge, his wisdom acquired over years and years and years of toiling and fishing those waters. And all of those things that he learned, all of the thoughts that were going through his head, stay in the boat, stay with the boat. You know this. You've been a fisherman. You know what to do. Go with your training. Go with your knowledge. Go with your wisdom. He threw all of that aside. And he said, I am going to get out of the boat. I'm going to go towards Jesus. I'm going to take a step of faith because I love this man who is calling me out into the water. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And so we'd see that Peter had this unbelievable faith to let go of the boat. Amen. So my question for you today is, what's in your boat? Amen. What do you need to let go of to get to Jesus? Because someone's got to get to Jesus today. Today's your day. For someone here today, you felt God calling you from the moment the service started. Maybe you felt God calling you during our Sunday school lesson. And you know He's calling your heart to a closer walk with Him. You know he's calling your heart, amen, to reach your coworkers or to do something for God. You know he's calling you, amen, to let go of some things in your life, amen. And I believe that God is going to do that today. But in order for him to do what he wants to do in your life, someone's got to let go of the boat. I said someone has to have the faith and the audacity and the boldness to let go of their comfort zone, to let go of the things that's holding them back from Jesus today. 
Come on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. What's in your boat? What do you need to let, to, to let Jesus have today? For some of us, it's fear. Everyone say fear. fear. Amen. Fear of the unknown. Fear of failure. Fear of getting hurt, right? Those things just paralyze us and keep us in the boat. Keep us in our comfort zone. Amen. Even though there's blessings out there. Yeah, it's scary, right? To step out of the boat, it is scary. Amen. But there's something greater out there than what's in your boat, right? Amen. But it's what I know. It's my comfort zone. It's time for us to let go of our comfort zone. Amen. Face fear in the face, in the eyes. Look fear in the eyes and say, you know what? I am getting to Jesus today. I rebuke you, Satan. You've lied to me long enough. Hallelujah. I rebuke fear in my life. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord. I pray in Jesus' name, Lord. Bid me to come out of this boat. God, call me to come out of this boat. And you know what Jesus is going to do? He's going to say, come. Every time, come. Come. Amen. For some of us, it's relationships. There's someone that is hindering us from getting to Jesus. Maybe not physically. Maybe they're not holding you back physically like you're not going to church. I'm blocking the door because obviously you're here today. Amen. But spiritually, they're holding you back. They're not letting you get to the place you need to be in Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Because we have got to get to where he is. Amen. I know it's comfortable sometimes to stay where you're at. I know that we want to, we want to stay with what we know because what we don't know could be scary or could be worse than what I'm facing today. Amen. But you've got to get it in your heart and determine in your heart, I'm going to get to where Jesus is. Even if it's breaking off a relationship, even if it's uh, deprioritizing a relationship. I'm not saying that you have to break off ties with everyone you know or whatever. I'm not saying that today. Who's going to reach them if you do that, right? Who's going to reach them? But you've got to reprioritize your life and say, you know what? What they think could be important, but what Jesus says and thinks is more important. He's my priority, not them. <laughs> Hallelujah. So ultimately, it's up to you. Amen. How much influence other people have in your life, how much negative influence other people have on your life is up to you because it's your priorities. It's not their priorities. They can try to push their priorities on your life and say, yeah, I need you to be here on such and such. I don't care if you have church. You meet me, whatever. You know what I mean? They can say what they want. They can say what they want all day long, but I'm going to be in church because that's my priority, right? Amen. But sometimes we let other people influence us to stay in the boat, to not get to where Jesus is. And that's the type of relationship that you have to deprioritize. You know, I've, I, it's interesting because you see a lot of things in Facebook and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm a Facebooker or whatever. And, 
you see a lot of things like, I broke out my relationship with this person because they're bad, you know, whatever. <laughs> and I'm, it sounds like I'm making fun of them, and I probably am. But <laughs> I've never had to break off like a relationship in my life. All I've done was prioritize what's important to me and go towards that. If they hang along, they're, then they're going towards Jesus with me. If they don't, then I'm sort of leaving them behind. But it's not a conscientious decision to cut them off, say you're stupid, and going over. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like I'm just going, I'm walking with Jesus. If you want to join me walking with Jesus, have at it. If you want to spend a lot of time with me, I'll be at church this Sunday, this Wednesday, and other times. You can meet me there, and we'll be together. <laughs> right? But if you're not then you probably won't see me that much unless I work with you. Right? So it's basically, it's how you live your life. It's how you carry yourself. It's you getting out of your personal boat. It's not throwing them overboard and then you going <laughs> to Jesus. It's leaving them behind. Right? And sometimes that's painful or whatever, but you're not doing it in a mean way. You, you, Peter didn't say, nanny, nanny, billy goat, you guys are losers, I'm going, to, I'm going to Jesus, right? Anyone could have joined them. But he said, I'm getting to Jesus. Amen. And so if you see relationships in your life that are hindering you, yeah, just get out of the boat. Just get out of the boat and go towards Jesus, and their influence will be less and less and less and less. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. For some of us, there's a whole lot of anger in the boat. Amen. Whether it's because you had bad relationships with your parents, or maybe you just have an anger issue for whatever reason it may be, and that anger issue is hurting you from your relationship with God. It's, it's hindering you from your relationship with God. It's time to leave anger in the boat and walk on water because anger won't go in the water with you towards Jesus. Those things sort of have to just fall away. It's just you and Jesus at that point. Amen. For the most part, you keep it buried deep inside of you, but once in a while it comes out, leaving a path of destruction in its wake. If that's the kind of anger you have, it's time to leave it in the boat, get out of the boat, and go towards Jesus. Amen. For some of us, maybe it's the world, because the world is constantly calling out to anyone who will listen. It's a collective sinful nature that doesn't want to be alone, right? People don't want to sin alone usually. It's like, come join me in this party so I don't have to be alone. And it calls out to everyone, because we all have that sinful nature, right? We all have that nature that, that we were born with that fleshly nature that says, yeah, I want to do what the world's doing. I want to party. I want to have fun with everyone else because I don't want to be left out. Guess what? You got to leave the party in the boat. <laughs> got to leave the world in the boat to get to Jesus. Amen. Amen. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, this is what the world is. Lust the flesh, lust of the eyes and the pride of life. It is not of the Father, 
but it is of the world. Amen. You know how to get out of the boat? Humble yourself. That's all you've got to do. Isn't that crazy? To get out of the boat, all you've got to do is humble yourself and, and stop being self-willed and fearful and just say, you know what? I'm going to do what Jesus wants me to do. He said, come, and I'm going to come. So those three things are pride, lust the eyes, lust the flesh. Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 21, and King James says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, they that, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. So there was a lot of things in there, so I want to read from the New Living Translation so that we sort of get a better idea of the type of sins it's talking about. When you follow the desires, this New Living Translation, uh, 5, 19 through 21, when you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have said before, that anyone living this sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. It's time to let those things go. It's time to let those type of things go far from our lives. Hallelujah. And let's get out of the boat and let's walk on water towards Jesus. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Is anyone here ready to let go? To let go of the boat? Amen. Those things that are hindering you from approaching the throne of God. I'm sure the Lord has spoke to people's hearts and maybe dealt in a certain situation that you're thinking it to yourself, yeah, I really need to let that go. I really need to walk towards Jesus, get out of my comfort zone, and get out of the boat. In Jesus' name. That's you, amen. God is calling you today. God is calling you out of the boat. Amen. And though it may seem scary, though it may seem like there's no way you can do it, all you've got to do is do it by faith. And keep your eyes on Jesus. The reason why Peter failed at the very end. <laughs> In order for the, for the Bible to say Jesus immediately reached down and picked Jesus up, in order for that to happen, Peter must have been right next to Jesus. That means he made it. That means he made it to Jesus and then looked around and started sinking. Amen. Keep your eyes on Jesus the whole time. Not only getting there, but when you're right there. Amen. You've got to keep your focus and your mind on Jesus every day. Amen. And he will. He will do wonders in your life. Amen. He will do miracles in your life. And he will bless you tremendously. Amen. This altar is open if you want to come.
and you want to pray and seek the Lord, come on, it's time to get out of the boat and let it go. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast, and may God bless you.